this is a disclaimer this show has been recorded via phone call so if you hear any sort of distortion in the voice we apologize beforehand please enjoy the following podcast hello and welcome to the her and them show where we talk about stuff that we like yeah that's pretty much it great intro i am one of your hosts <laughs> i am one of your hosts jamie and my pronouns are she them and i'm your other host luciana my pronouns are she her and we have a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, um, my name's Jimena. Let's go with that. Um, and my pronouns are she, her. Although I guess I'm still discovering, <laughs> discovering what my, you know, pronouns are. There's a wrong with that. I mean, same here. It's joining the wagon. It's a pretty broad place. We have jackets and stuff, you know. We love to see love it. That. Also, I am so sorry. That was ice. I'm drinking coffee. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yes. You drink coffee with ice? Yeah, like ice lattes. Cold coffees? Oh my god! That's the poshest thing I've ever heard. Poshest? It's like fancy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I ordered it though. I convinced my parents. Oh. <laughs> Cannot relate. Um, okay. Anyway. <laughs> I was gonna say the cold coffee I get in my house is the one that like they brew it in the morning and like. Oh no! Instant coffee is better. This is not what the episode's about. <laughs> We're not yeah, talking no, about coffee. Yeah. Today's episode is about drag queens and the love we have for them. And the three of us are actually really big fans of drag queens and drag race. Um, so yeah, it's a very think- important distinction to make. Not yeah. every Drag Race fan is a drag queen connoisseur. Connoisseur, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't we start with our lovely Jimena, who's actually an expert in this topic, I feel. Right. Okay, so we're to begin. Um, I guess that after, you know, we've made the clear, you know, distinction between the two, I would also like to mention that the artistry behind drag is amazing. And the effort that these, well people just put into their you know drag and how their performances are affected deeply by how they want to present themselves to the world is honestly amazing yeah i've watched several documentaries about it and there's also you know like interviews with drag queens that are not necessarily from drag race but it's always interesting learning about the different sides of drag and how drag can mean basically anything you want it to mean. Exactly. Yeah, our, I think um, for people to know that drag is not essentially just one thing. It's like you can literally do whatever you want in, in drag and, and it's art. Quite yeah. literally art. Yeah, I think we all, yeah. like, all three of us respect that like part of the art and the fact that it's like a form of entertainment and like really honestly like so... Like, such a passionate way of expressing yourself, I think. Like, I guess you could even mention that it's a form of self-expression. Yeah. It's liberating yourself from the bounds of gender, and it's basically rejecting the idea you have to just be one thing, which is honestly something that I have a great amount of respect for. Yeah, I think this... um, If... If you're a Drag Race fan, by the way, um, obviously there's a great distinction between the both of them. But I think you can even see that in Drag Race. In earlier seasons, it was all about being fishy, essentially looking very f- feminine. 
and now it's like just expressing yourself i think that a great example for that is got mick yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the new like season 13 yeah um, got mick is like a, a great example of like expression through drag for sure um, but i think that the one that sorry to interrupt but <laughs> i think that the I one know. that um basically set the path and showed us a new side of drag was um sharing needles yeah. i think that she was the one who first showed to the general media that drag isn't always about being feminine drag isn't always about emulating what a woman should look like or what yeah. you know a caricature of a woman um yeah. she really came in and changed the entire game yeah. for drag race fans at least because yeah. it showed like, a new side of what and you know. that's not saying that like for example past seasons of drag race all the way on social needles who weren't like you know different but, like, oh yeah for example, Nina Flowers on Gina, like they were basically androgynous um, drag queens and they were amazing. Uh, but Sharon Needles quite literally entered the room with a witch hat and scream. Was it her? No, that was Ashley Blur. Yeah, she entered with a witch hat and she was like, the witch is here. And I was like, that, 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 that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think actually back when, like, what season four was Sharon Needles. What was season four? 2012? Like, it was a while ago, and, like, like even, yeah. like, the fact that there's 13 seasons, and, like, from season four up to here, there's been so many drag queens that have been inspired by not only Sharon Needles, but in general, like, so many drag queens that like express... Like, the punk scene, the MO scene, the rock scene. Yeah, exactly. We like, could go on and on. And yeah, just, literally, like, just in general, like, drag... Sharon Needles brought to the table. Yeah, drag that's not, yeah. like, feminine, or, like, per se. Oh. Or, in general, like... Sharon Needles... Yeah. Daughter? Oh, Aquaria. Aquaria, <laughs> yeah. And you can literally see the difference between their drag styles. Also, I would I would like to recognize though the evolution um Sharon Needle's uh drag has experienced. Yeah. She has like sort of shied away from the more alternative punk rock sort of look and has now become like there's only traces now of what her drag used to be it's a sort of more elegant and softer side of that punk look she used to basically rock <laughs> back in the day yeah also i feel she... like actually someone that i feel i really want to like talk about that is similar to sharon needle in that sense that really explore like anything that's more recent is evie oddly who also like really oh, yeah. like really like oh uh, yeah, was like, um, go ahead. Yes, however, uh, we, we want to, like, she's not really a drag race girl, but if we want to go, like, someone that's actually similar to Sharon Needle's um, earlier drag, we can definitely talk about Charity Case. She's an amazing drag queen. I think she's oh, from yeah, in yeah. London, if I'm not East London. I really don't know. But her drag is unbelievable. Just go check her out in her Instagram, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But every single yeah. look is, like, curated with such care and such just amazing detail. Like, I I have an immense just respect for her and her work. I agree. Um, it's, it's like, drag is such a fascinating talk to be honest because you don't only like it's not only about the fact that like there are different kinds of drag like you know like you can be like very feminine or androgynous or like you know just don't give a shit about life and you know do whatever you want 
Yeah. But also the fact that there's like such a history behind it because there's, for example, your drag family. Like that idea of having a drag family is also very comforting in a way for people who like- Actually, just like the beginnings of drag, like we have to think William Shakespeare. Actually, no, we have to think the Greeks for drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was the one, he was the one that came up with the word drag. I really can't remember the play where he actually used this. Sure, look it up. Imagine sitting down on on like, uh, sitting down writing was like, they drag a man who looked like a woman or something like that. I don't know. And I was like, yes. You shall become a woman. <laughs> you shall yeah. become a um, I'm, I looked it up. I think it was called... Hold on, I lost it. it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, As You Like It, I think, is the name of the play. I, I genuinely have no idea. But I do know that he was the one that basically clocked that term. And... From those days and from that time, we have seen a great, you know, evolution of what the word used to mean before it was just dressed as a girl. And now it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Like we were mentioning before, it can be like something androgynous, something feminine, a little bit masculine. You can play with the gender. Which yeah, and, and I love great. that. Okay, because so as a, as, a, as a person who's like struggled with I just hit my microphone. As a person who has struggled with like gender, um, um, you know, acceptance and like dysmorphia in a way, women, uh, like, yeah, women can, you know, do drag if they want to nowadays because it's honestly just a form of art. It's no longer about men dressing like women. Um, but for me, honestly, it's 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 the way that I see. For example, um, I think it, like. Because uh, I recently haven't seen much Drag Race, but for example, I was watching, uh, scrolling through Instagram and I saw um, Gigi Good because I still follow her. Um, <laughs> and for example, although like, she's not androgynous, she's still like very, um, like very sometimes punk, sometimes cute. So like, I really like that. And I was like, I want to try that in my life. And that like, it, it's a very comforting way of seeing life, I think, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like also, um, I really love when drag queens kind of like show the quote-unquote masculine side of themselves you know what i mean like for example milk oh yeah and how i i think it was oh, for yeah. all stars three that she did the like ripped muscle like, suits yeah yeah bikini <laughs> thing i loved that that was amazing do you remember do you remember when milk came out with like a beard and like everybody was like oh no a bearded queen oh yeah oh, that no. happened in and then that was a challenge that was a challenge was, you know made after her yeah i know there yeah. was a challenge is that a challenge that happens in every season the beard thing no i don't i don't think so but i do know that they did end up using her idea yeah it's yeah, been hap- it's yeah because I, I know that they did it for season seven i know yeah. that yeah but um heard- yeah oh violet tchotchkes snatched us waste like yeah that's why i remember that they did it for for season seven because violet tchotchke did the like shakespeare beard thing and that people were like that's really cool she did like a like a male version of juliet it was really cool honestly i think violet was snatched because like violet was seen as a villain throughout the season and like at the end of the day we have to all agree that she's an icon fashion icon at least yeah she really is also, I looked it up, and it is, uh, the play is called As You Like It by Shakespeare, and it's the character of Rosalind, yeah. who dresses herself as a man because she's scared of being a woman and getting but Oh my god. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, understanding that drag is not only, like, quote-unquote men dressing as women as a form of entertainment, but also the other way around. And also transgender people and non-binary people and gender fluid people. Because at the end of the day, it's just, you know, expressing your form Loving. of... How Jimena said, like, your, like yeah, of self-expression that is done through that, like, process of art, I guess, or as a form of entertainment for other people. And, yeah. We love to see yeah. I love that. And I guess we could go on and on about this topic. However, actually, there's one last drag queen I would like to mention, Juno Burge. And there's a lot of people that would love for her to participate in drag race and they want her to audition, but I think that she's already above that. I think that drag race is an opportunity for queens to really polish and perfect their art. Mm-hmm. But I think that Juno is already above that and she's she's actually just I think she would be better as a judge rather than <laughs> competing. Yeah. I love when I don't know, do maybe that, yeah. that's just me, but I, I do think that her drag is has evolved past I, the I agree. Of I agree with her. I agree. Because there's so many queens who've gone through drag race and they probably were already too polished for drag race. Um Definitely. Like Brooklyn Heights. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That Like, Brooklyn Heights was a genius. Because, like, the, the, I mean, I think that she was past Drag Race. She didn't, like, she she, she, she could have just, like, gotten her own show without Drag Race. Yeah. You know? I also think that there's so many drag queens that, even though they were on Drag Race, have been far more successful outside of it. Um, because Tricks at the end of the Mattel. day... Yeah, Tricks and Mattel. Because at the end of the day, like... Um, Drag race is a race, you know? Like, it is a competition. And it really, like, if some people are just, like, better off not competing as it, but just, like, in general, expressing who they are the way they want. The way they want. And there's definitely, like, a a fair share of people. I mean, I do think it's a double-edged sword because on the one side, competing in drag race provides a platform, provides the fame, provides the attention. However, on the other side... What are you going to do with a new platform? What are you going to do with all this attention you're getting um, if you disappoint the Drag Race fans? Because that fandom is a vicious yeah. community. And I think we've yeah. all seen it. And cancel culture yeah, is really definitely. predominant in the <laughs> Drag Race fans. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, that's, mean, the, that's the thing about Drag Race. You either can really make a brand for yourself or, or the fans will easily forget you. Yeah. yeah, and I think that one of the queens who's like actually successfully got a career out of Drag Race is Plastique too. I was gonna say, yeah, Plastique is like far more successful outside of drag. Of drag. Of like, of like Drag Race, yeah. yeah, 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 than she was in Drag Race. And she is honestly like arguably one of the most famous like Instagram drag queens that participated yeah. in Drag Race. Um, and like, she was polished before Drag Race. Yeah, she's Alyssa Edwards' I- daughter, isn't she? Yeah. Or am I dumb? And okay. after Drag Race, she still, like, nailed it. Like She really did. You know? That's the thing. She knew how to manage that platform. And yeah. with TikTok, once she became a TikToker, it was yeah. over. Oh, like, yeah. we all knew that she was going to be one of the most famous girls of the show. Yeah. And then you had, like, the drag queens who weren't, like, exactly, like, as famous as others. For example, like, who was her name? Um, Pearl in season seven. She... 
even though people loved her but also like hated her in both aspects in Drag Race outside of Drag Race she's personally I don't think that she's like as big as she was in it um, that's the thing she didn't know she didn't know how to manage her yeah. social media she didn't know how to manage the entire platform she became a meme and that's where she peaked yeah yeah you're right yeah and also the fact that like after she became mean like it took her time to actually get comfortable again because if yeah. you see her interviews now like she has a makeup um youtube channel now um but before that it was very complicated she didn't have anything not then and now she has like a lot of like success yeah um, same with katya katya's she's never won a season like in drag race but she's arguably one of the off. biggest drag queens period yeah. Like so, same Trixie too, but Trixie did win, and like in her defense, she did win. She did win like All Star, so yeah, yeah. But like with Shangela, the one that like done dirty so many times is Shangela. Oh Oh, my god! Also, another drag queen that's like relatively big outside of Drag Race is Valentina, who's also like kind of like figured out how to be famous outside of like TV. So Mm -hmm. yeah, she Uh, did Rent. She did? I didn't know that. She did rent. Oh, yeah, yeah she did. She did. I remember that. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to comment on it. Cause I yeah, we're not going to. We we yeah. are just not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> but it was an experience. A, That's what we're going to say. And there's mm. very few queens who like who were like eliminated on the first episode but actually made an impact. Miss yeah. Vandry is probably one of the few queen, yeah. queens. Queens? Pork queens. chop, but it wasn't nearly as big as what Vanjie created. Like, she created an entire brand out of a single line. Yeah, I think that there's there's also, like, winners who have have gotten, like, both sides of the spectrum. Either, like, like, failed with success or, like, really made something out of it. Like, for example, Bianca. She has, what, two movies? It's insane. Oh, yeah. But Bianca Del Rio is, like... uh, Yeah. I just... I love Bianca, but I don't know why to comment on her. She's a quite controversial. There's yeah. a lot of controversial yeah. queens, but she's definitely one of them. Yeah. But, Same with... You know, she... I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that, like, for example, uh, you were saying talking about it, Amy, that, like, Violet. Violet was... She was hated during season seven, but, like, collectively, I think Drag Race fans just find her, like... Well, first of all, like, the way she, like, presented herself was insane. But, like, now that she's out of, like, Drag Race, she's not as, like, famous, in brackets, I guess, as other winners have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The few famous drag queens you're going to see are probably Alisa Edwards, um, Alaska, and um, dot, dot, dot. There are a lot more. There's a lot. To be honest, those are like... Basically, the All-Stars 2 cast. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. And Valentina, and that's it. Yeah. And Valentina, right. Also, Plastique. Well, we could go on and on. There's, and like, Trixie. over There's... 100 girls now. Yeah. Oh, Gia Gunn, like... too. Gia Gunn's also, like, really, like, relatively bigger outside of... Yeah. Drag she was also seen as the villain slash controversial of her season, but, yeah. I mean, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. The thing about Drag Race that I hate is the fact that every season there has to be a villain. Yeah. Wait, no, there was this that's... one season that everyone was friends with each other. What was it? Was it? It, it was one of the recent ones. Season, the season was, was, was uh, Brooklyn. The season with Brooklyn and Plastique wasn't, there wasn't really a villain. I think it was either. season 12 because that was the one where like I didn't watch because of um, 
um, I'm not gonna say the name because um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, season eleven probably... was there wasn't really a villain, was there? Where, where was the vixen? What was season? Season ten, ten, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was season eleven where everyone got along. Yeah, season... everyone. They dated, dude. Like <laughs> in the season. They even dated, they, right? Like Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> they even dated. Yeah, yeah. But every season there has to be a villain if you think about it in yeah. a way. Or like someone that the public doesn't love as much as the others, I guess. And I hate Miss Congeniality thing because like I love it, but I hate it because I think that there are queens who actually deserve it, but then there's. <laughs> oh no! Honestly, season eleven, Miss Congeniality was was Nina West, wasn't it? And she personally, I don't think that like that was the right choice to go with. But I mean, it was Nina West? Oh, I remember. Didn't she get eliminated in like the second episode, or am I dumb? Yeah, like yeah. why? Why did she get Miss Congeniality? Some exactly. of those are controversial. Some of those yeah. were not. Some of the winners were not deserving of the title. Yeah, but, but some of them definitely were. You've some... got to respect the hustle. Yeah, but some <laughs> yeah. of them were. Like, for example, well, Latrice won Miss Congeniality. Um, Katya. Oh, 100% deserved. Yeah, Bendela Creme. Like, uh, those kind of queens, I think, that definitely deserve that. Uh, but there is definitely some that don't. I personally think that shouldn't yeah. have won, per se. Yeah. But, you know, Bendela Creme... Also, oh, and let's talk about the elephant in the room. Sorry, we're gonna have to begin to like you know to wrap that up. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, Snatch Game. Oh like, yeah, oh. I didn't see the season of Snatch Game, and supposedly it was like really good. Uh, so I don't have a problem with Snatch Game. I don't have a problem with drag queens impersonating other drag queens, you know, because everybody, it, it's you know acting. But like for example, Chad Michaels I was who has say, like. Yeah. A, yeah, Chad Michaels has like an actual um, career of impersonating, impersonating, yeah. impersonating. Um, sure. Share. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but the fact that, for example, they go to um, a snatch game and they immediately win, win, win. win. Oh my win. God, what is wrong? You can do it, Amy. You can do it. <laughs> I trust you. Oh my! No, God. but yeah, there, there's definitely some that have done like a really well, good job in Snatch Game. Um, some that like messed up, but some of them like Ginger did Adele in season seven, and that was oh, like yeah. really cool. I really like that. Also, Maggie Smith season I, six. Yeah, uh, Bendela Graham. I think, yeah. I think no, I think y'all are just forgetting about the queen of queens in Snatch Game. Trixie Mattel, All Stars Three, just Jesus. impersonating RuPaul. The best Snatch Game the, ever. But also was so cringy though. It was so cringy. It was good. You know what I mean? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was so bad. It was so it was bad. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. But Trixie is amazing, regardless of anything. Yeah, I think Trixie's one of the queens that's like better off outside of a drag craze than she is like in it. Because she's yeah. getting, like, such a huge um, this, fan base uh, outside of it. This is a spoiler yeah. alert, by the way. Um, the winner of Stasis this season was Got Mick for Snatch Game. Oh. And I must say that um, her Paris Hilton was on point and it was everything. I loved it. Wait, yeah. I would like to mention, though, what's it? Simone. Simone yeah. should have been in the top three and that outfit that outfit it was so simple yet so powerful and it was a statement and i just 
I'm I actually was, sort of mad that she wasn't in the top three because she deserved think, it. Yeah, I think it was because it was too quote unquote controversial, but she deserved it a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think like, in, uh, her, so right now, recently, yeah. the newest seasons have been a lot more like aggressive, I guess, because they're definitely more competitive. Same with like all stars. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with competitivism. Yeah, yeah, always obviously. is a good thrive. But the fact that, for example, there's been instances where I, I, I've been like, I think the editors do it on purpose, like actually yeah, make the queens. Oh yeah. yeah, we can see it with like Viol- Violet. Yes, we can see it with like Violet and um, Miss Fame. Those were oh, two yeah. particular queens that you can definitely tell now that they're outside of Drag Race that. The editing had a lot to do with how do. Remember what Pearl though. said? She said Pearl said uh, that dra- that RuPaul said something about like when the cameras are off, you don't talk to me. Or Dang. something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we haven't talked about RuPaul at all. Actually, that's RuPaul is like the main reason that like drag race it's a drag thing. race is in like the map. There's yeah. been many f- famous drag um, artists before RuPaul, but. RuPaul was yeah. the one who, like, actually brought it to, like, everyday... Like, television. Kind of sh- Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Um, just it's real interesting. quick, I also wanted to mention what we were talking about the Snatch Game. Uh, Alaska's performance in All-Stars 2. Did she win for <laughs> Mae West? That was... Yeah, I she loved was it. Yeah. Top 2. With that, with that, with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes. Fuck. <laughs> That was my alarm. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. okay um, right. Anyway, this has been an interesting episode. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, how about you tell them about our sponsors, Luciana, and <laughs> the same sponsors Imana. we have every week. <laughs> every episode. Um, um and I'll, and and we do a wheel of fortune to see what our next what next week's topic is gonna be. Um, okay, our sponsors, uh, beginning with the, I guess, brand that is soon to come that I, me and Amy have, Amy and I have, called yeah. Clementine. Um, yeah, do please check that out. And also making a quick shout out to, um, what's the ad on Instagram again for Maria Magazine? I forgot what uh, it was. Maria Magazine. At Maria Magazine, um, I think. Um, uh, yeah. That just consists of a bunch of articles that all three of us have partaken in with a lot of other young women in El Salvador. So, yeah, go check both of those out. And also, I want to promote um, Jimena's um, art account. Yeah, um, you can promote yourself. Okay, love that. Well, you can find my art in... <laughs> this is embarrassing. It's called Yiras the Fetus. <laughs> and it has an underscore between each word, but... Check that out right now. I'm really into photography and exploring identity through black and white photography. And you can also find me on Instagram. However, I really don't post anything and I really only share memes. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, quick 30 seconds. Do you have anything to promote? Like anything at all? To activism, awareness, anything? Um, there's this thing called Caso de Manuela. You should really check that out, investigate, and really learn why her <clears throat> why her rights were violated, why her human rights were violated. Also, please, if you have the chance, just investigate about the abortion laws in El Salvador. You'll find out that there's a lot of inhumane things in those laws, and 
that should really be revised. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. And Thank you. yeah, for sure, uh, those are two very interesting topics that she for, we should for sure to talk about. Um, not right now because it's controversial, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, um, thank you so much, Mina, for joining us. And just as um, FYI, next week's topic is gonna be food. That's gonna be triggering. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Jimena, for joining us. And you're welcome to join any of the episodes you want. Love yeah. that. Thank you for um, inviting me. <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this uh, week's podcast, which was a double podcast because we forgot about last week. But we're here. And we hope and we're that you we're here. Guys... No. <laughs> we're here. Good job. Good job to the her, them, and the sometimes he's. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, we see you next week. And uh, go check out what Jimena has promoted. And, yeah. Goodbye. Bye.